second scripture reading comes also from Genesis chapter 27, verses 30 through 40. Continue to listen to the word of God. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of his father Isaac, his brother Esau came in from his hunting. He also prepared savory food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, let my father sit up and eat of his son's game so that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, who are you? He answered, I am your firstborn son, Esau. Then Esau trembled violently and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came and I have blessed him. Yes, and blessed he shall be. When Esau heard his father's words, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me also, father. But Isaac said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright, and look, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered Esau, I have already made him your Lord, and I have given him and all his brothers and servants with grain and wine. I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, father? Bless me, me also, father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And then his father Isaac answered him, See, away from the fatness of the earth shall be your home, and away from the dew of the heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you break loose, you shall break his yoke from your neck. This continues the reading of God's word. On the day before Thanksgiving, a man in Phoenix called his son in New York City and said, your mother and I are getting a divorce. 45 years of misery is enough. We're tired of the fighting, we're tired of the bickering, it's over. I only want to make one call, you call your sister in Chicago, because I don't want to deal with it. So the brother hangs up, calls his sister in Chicago, and explains, and she says, like hell they're going to get divorced. She calls up the dad, don't you dare do anything until I get there. I'm going to call your son, and he and I will be on the plane, and don't do anything, we'll be there tomorrow. Don't do anything rash. Father hangs up the phone and says, well, honey, the kids are going to be here for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and they're even buying their own tickets this year. Trickery, trickery, trickery. The setup of today's scripture was from last week when Rebecca, Rebecca finally carries Isaac's child, or actually turns out to be children, and they're warring within her womb. And she says, am I going to die like this? And God tells her that the two 
children within you will be two nations, and the older shall be ruled by the younger, or the younger shall rule the older. And Jacob is born just after, and he's holding on to Isaac's heel in the birth, which is a difficult thing to do, I would imagine. And Isaac literally means to supplant. And Esau was a man of the field, and Isaac was a man of tents. He enjoyed lounging around, thinking about his inner life, and probably doting on his mother. And Esau was his father's favorite because he was a good hunter, and he got game. One day when Esau was out hunting, he came back, and he was so famished, he said, give me some of that red stuff. It was lentil stew, and Jacob, being pretty smart, he said, I'm not going to give you anything to eat until you sell me your birthright. What good is a birthright to me if I'm about to die? So Esau sells his birthright for some lentil soup. So scripture says he despised his birthright. Now we have to jump forward many, many years, and Isaac is now old, and he thinks he is about to die. Turns out he doesn't die for another 21 years. He's, he's clearly very clairvoyant in this regard. But he says, I think I'm about to die, and I want to pass on my blessing to my eldest son, Esau. So he says, make me a good stew. Cook me up some of that stuff you kill. So go out in the fields, hunt some game, and prepare food for me such as I like. Well, tents are thin. And Rebecca hears this. So as soon as Esau goes off to the fields, she calls her youngest son, Jacob, who she loves, and says, you go out and you get two kids that are just tied up outside, and you kill them, and I will prepare them the way your father likes, and then your father will bless you instead of your brother. Now, technically, Esau sold his birthright, so maybe the blessing properly belongs to Jacob, and God has already said that the younger will be the, be the master of the, of the older, so perhaps this is exactly what is supposed to happen. Jacob, being the powerful man of God, that he is full of righteousness and a, and a clear moral center, says, but you know, if dad recognizes me, he'll curse me instead of bless me. This isn't, oh, mom, that's the wrong thing to do. This was, this could end up for me worse than it began. And she says, no, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll fix it. So I'll take some of the skins from the, from the young kids and put it on your neck and put it on your hands and on your arms. So, see, when we were up there, you didn't really see this. See this? Yeah. See, we got hairy here and, and smooth here. So, you know, Isaac is expecting that. So Jacob comes in. I've got food for you, Father. I'm ready to be blessed. And Isaac is can't see very well, and his hearing's probably going too, but he says, you know what, that doesn't sound like Esau. Some of the rabbis say that their voices were identical, but these were not identical twins. These were fraternal twins. I'm sure their voices were very distinct. I mean, they're very different body types. They're very different chest sizes. You just can't disguise your voice. He says, you know, the voices, Esau, let me, let me, let me 
touch you, my son. So he, you know, he touches him and, and then he, and he smells him and he smells the robe that Rebecca has made him put on. So he smells like the brother Esau. He says, ah, the fatness of the land, the dew from heaven. And he blesses Jacob. Now, how do you think Esau feels at this moment when he comes back and he says, here I am, Dad. I've cooked the food the way you like it. And he says, I just blessed you. And he, and he lets out, Esau lets out a great and bitter cry. There is only one other time in scripture where it says his exact words that he let out a great and bitter cry. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, so I'm not going to give you the Hebrew, except for Nick. None of you would know what it meant anyway. But there's only one other point when that happens, and that's when Mordecai lets out a cry when he finds out that Haman is going to kill the Jewish people. Mordecai is a descendant of Jacob. Haman was the grandson of Agog, who was the last Amalekite king, and Esau was the grandfather of the first Amalekite king. So centuries later, what goes around, and the, and the rabbis say, basically, what goes around comes around. And so there's a situation where now the whole entire Hebrew people are about to be wiped out by the descendants of Esau. So, when I grew up, I really listened for the morals of the story, and I've been looking for them all week. And I've been looking, and every time I think I've got one, it just slips through my hands. I read a little bit more, and I think, huh. So, who is in the right, and who is in the wrong? What do you think? Who was the worst of all the people here? Rebecca. That's a good Christian answer. Christianity has done a really good job of vilifying Rebecca. Who do the rabbis say was the worst sinner here? You only got you got three other characters. We're going to take Rebecca out of the mix. You got Isaac, Esau, and Jacob. Isaac? Why would you say Isaac? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get to that. If I forget, say, you promised to get to that. I will get to that. He actually has another blessing. But the rabbis say the worst sinner in the bunch was Isaac. Because Isaac would have known that God said, it is Jacob who will rule the older. Jacob is the one through whom the blessing will continue. I would argue that Isaac is not only physically blind, but he is probably spiritually blind as well. And anybody whose father almost killed him probably has a right to be. I mean, you've heard of the binding of Isaac, the test of Abraham, where Abraham has said, take your son and sacrifice your son to me, and Abraham is willing to do it. We're going to get to this again at the end of August. I'm going to talk more about it then. 
But Isaac, in the, in the minds of the rabbis, was the worst sinner because he didn't listen to what God said. He would, why did he like Esau? Because he loved Esau? Rebekah loves Jacob, period. That's all it says. Rebekah loves Jacob. You love your daughter. Why? She's your daughter. You love your daughter. Why did Isaac love Esau? Because he hunted well. He gave him food he liked to eat. Haman was a favorite of the king of whatever. I, I can't call that enough. It's, it's an A-H something, 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 something like 45 vowels. Okay? One of those ugly new, you know, new Eastern names. Why? Because Haman brought him money. Esau was Isaac's favorite because he was a good hunter. Period. Jacob wanted the birthright. Jacob felt he owned. Jacob thought it was probably his right. He, he tricked his brother out of it. He got him to sell it, sell it. And then God said, so wasn't he in the right? Of course, he did lie three times to his father, once invoking the name of God. How did you come by the game so quickly? The Lord your God provided. Well, he went out and killed it. So, what's the moral of this story? Is there a moral to this story? Who do you root for? I'm one of those guys, when you got two basketball teams and one of them is ranked number one and one of them is ranked number 12, I always will root for number 12. I like the Cinderella story. I like the underdog. Who's the underdog here? Maybe Rebecca. What happens to Rebecca? Rebecca doesn't see her beloved son for the rest of her life. When Jacob goes away, he never goes home. That's not a happy ending for her. What's the meaning of this story? Maybe the meaning of this story is we need to get out of the way and stop trying to dice it up the way we always dice things up. Vince and I were talking the other day after, on Wednesday, that, you know, you look around at the foolishness going on in Washington about the debt ceiling, and my, my dad, who was an elementary school principal, he said, you know, it just reminded him of those kids that were in third grade in the playground who just couldn't get along and would just stamp their feet. You got people acting badly, and you want to say a pox on both your houses. You know? And so who do you root for? And ultimately you have to back up and say, you know what, it is what it is. And God is going to work anyway. And I tell you what, when, that, when, you can, when you can do that, wow. How many of you are perfect? Mary and I were talking this morning that in the Gospel of Matthew... Um, Jesus said, if you've committed adultery in your heart, you've committed adultery. Guess what, folks? We're all in trouble. If you've committed murder in your heart, it's the same thing as committing murder. Is it? Not to the person you just thought about killing? I hope so. I mean, I look at some of these idiots in Washington, and I think of murder all the time. And yet, does that mean that I shouldn't be standing here? A lot of people say, yep. But does it mean that we shouldn't do what we're called to do? Does that mean we're not equipped? 
The very next thing that happens, Jacob gets run out of town. His mom says, she hears Esau say, Dad dies, I'm killing him. I'm killing him. I'm killing him. She says, hmm, maybe I think it's time for Jacob to get a wife. We're going to send him to my brother, and he leaves. He flees with nothing but the shirt on his back. So much for prosperity. And yet the next thing that happens is that in the vision, he sees Jacob's ladder, the angels descending. We're gonna, that's next week. God is going to do what God is going to do. And that is really, really, really good news. Because it means that it can work through me. And it can work through Karen and Connie. And these are good people, but let me tell you, if you get to know us really, really well, you think, wow, what was God thinking? What was God thinking? I'm not worthy. Oh, no, don't ask me to get involved in ministry because I'm not holy like the people in the Bible. Have you read the book? Have you looked at the stories? These people are deceitful, they're liars, they're this, and yet God's purposes keep going on. And God manages to work through us. What was your question? The second blessing. In the Hebrew tradition, the idea is that once a blessing is given, it cannot be revoked. It can only be mitigated. So yes, there is a second blessing, but it can't be to take away the first. So what happens with Esau is Isaac says, yes, you will serve your brother. Yes, he will have the fatness of the land, and you will have to earn it by your work with your sword, but you will break free. You will break free from the yoke of your brother. And that's what happens. Ultimately, Esau breaks the yoke, and Esau has a good life probably has a, more herds and whatnot. certainly has more wives, whether that's good or bad or not. It's, it's an open question. That's a questionable thing right there. Um, but God works through people like you and me. And when sometimes you look at the world and you think, oh, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And let's, it's time to give up. You know what? It's always been this way, folks. It has always been this way, even in the Bible, even biblical characters, that God was blessing, acted stupidly and badly. And yet God's purposes keep moving forward. And I'm not trying to be Pollyanna here. I understand it's ugly out there. But God ultimately doesn't just say, to hell with it. God never says that. God works through us and does amazing things in spite of everything we do to blow it. And that really is pretty good news. Amen.